Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in, to fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the I Am Podcast. I missed hanging out with you all last week, but I'm not going to lie. I was in the studio all week recording my new audiobook for I Am Here, which I'm so excited about. You can actually pre-order that right now anywhere books are sold. But what I did not know about recording an audiobook is that it's like one of the most intense things that I've ever done. I lost my voice at the end of every day and I feel like sitting in a really dark, closed off room with no air, reading out loud <laughs> for hours out of time is like its own special type of hell. So, and, and I'm like, I'm so glad it's done. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to do it. I'm so excited for you to receive this book in the audiobook. But it just meant that there was no way on planet Earth that I was coming home to record a podcast episode <laughs> for last week. So I really missed hanging out with you. I'm really excited that we are back together today. Thank you for, uh, you know, just being patient with me last week. So today I thought that since we didn't get to hang out together last week, that we would come in just really strong with somebody who I have been following on social media. It's been several months now. I first found her when someone else reshared one of her posts that is just so powerful and, and we'll be talking about that soon. But today I have on the podcast with us Faith Broussard Cade and she's a mental health counselor. She's a speaker. She's a wellness advocate. And when I'm telling you that her Instagram posts have helped me just totally reframe negative thoughts in the exact moment that I've needed to reframe them, I'm, I'm not exaggerating there. And so I'm just so excited, if you don't know who she is yet, for you to learn more about who she is and listen to everything that she's going to share with us today. Today's podcast episode that we've titled is called I Am Doing the Best I Can. And I feel like this is just very timely, especially as we're coming up on a year of the pandemic and all of us that really have been trying to do the best that we can this past year. And we're going to talk about that with Faith today. So Faith, thank you so much for taking the time to be on here with all of us. Hey, Ashley, of course. I'm excited to be here. I know that times right now are super, super interesting and kind of tough and kind of wonky and weird all at the same time. And so I love being able to be a part of conversations like this that just kind of give space and and grace for us to just be. And I think that that's one of the reasons why, one of the many reasons why people love you so much following you on Instagram, because you create that space for people to just be. It's like, oh my gosh, faith is giving me permission <laughs> to just feel my feelings and be here. And I'm not weird or abnormal for feeling this way. I actually want to read, as we're getting started with this conversation, there's a post that you did that I feel like ties in so perfectly with everything we're talking about today, and I want to read it for everybody else. Sure. And so this is what Faith says. She says, you are not a failure. You are not underperforming. You are simply doing your best to function normally under abnormal amount of stress. Be gentle with yourself. What, um, what triggered this post? Do you remember? Oh, wow. I, I, I absolutely do remember. 
I, like you said, I'm a mental health counselor. And I actually, in addition to, you know, writing these notes for Instagram for, you know, support and mental health advocacy work, I actually see clients individually for counseling. And I remember around that time when I wrote that note, it was a particularly difficult time for a lot of my clients. It just seemed like every every Zoom session that I was getting on with every single one of them, it was it was just so full of I'm not doing enough. I'm not performing enough. I'm not accomplishing enough. I have these kids at home that I'm trying to homeschool. I'm trying to keep up with my workload. I'm trying to make sure that my kids aren't falling behind in school. I'm trying to make sure that we're not eating takeout every night. I'm trying to make sure that they have clean laundry. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And there was this constant like overarching theme throughout all of my sessions that was just like, I can never be enough or do enough or accomplish enough. Even if I have a good day where I kind of feel good about some things that I've done, at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm worn out, I'm burnt out. I am no good to anyone or to myself. And I still feel that like that nagging sense of guilt that for whatever reason, I didn't measure up today. And that's exactly where that note came from. It was, it was, I think because we have gotten so accustomed to this, and I don't even like the term new normal, but it has become our new normal. We've gotten so accustomed to performing under this overwhelmingly toxic amount of pressure and doing whatever we can cram under that amount of pressure, we almost forget that it's an abnormal amount of pressure. Like we've normalized it to become, well, this is just what I do every day. I just have to homeschool and work full time every day and prepare meals and get to the grocery store and take care of a house and try to have a decent conversation with my partner and my spouse. Like, this is just what I have to do every day, not realizing that this is nowhere near normal, what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish and what we're experiencing every day. But because we've had to do it and we've had to push through and we almost operate on autopilot every day, we don't take the time to really sit down and think and allow it to settle into our minds that we are doing a whole lot considering the abnormal circumstances we're performing under. And we, if we can just reframe our minds and our mindsets around, I'm not not getting enough done. I'm actually getting way more done with a lot fewer resources than I used to in the past. And just that, that small mindset shift is so powerful. That it's really powerful. And I've, in my own experience, I've, seen that when we can reframe our thoughts, it can help us change how we actually are viewing and feeling about the situation. Something that I just heard you say was we feel a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. And then we're feeling guilty when we don't feel like we're amounting to the pressure or whatever thing that we feel like we're supposed to be amounting to. In your experience with your clients and and just your, your your professional experience, why do you think we carry so much guilt on our performance of what we're supposed to, what we feel like we're supposed to be doing? Because that's what we've been taught. That's what we've been conditioned to believe, right? We live in a world, in a society, in a culture where, um, Productivity is everything and not just productivity, but but productivity plus efficiency, 
right? So like how much can we cram into this 24 hour period of time and how can we do it more efficiently? How can we make it look easier or be easier so that the time that we've saved by making this one task easier, we can cram something else into that, like 10 extra minutes, right? So it's all about, you know, we've got apps to order our food before we get to Chick-fil-A so that we don't have to wait in line at Chick-fil-A. We can just breeze on through and quickly get to work a little bit earlier so we can start on that project a little bit earlier. It's all about, it's all about eliminating unnecessary time spent on one thing only to fill that empty space with something else. We no longer embrace the concept of white space in our schedules or or white space within our calendars where we say, okay, I am doing this, 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 all these hours of the day. And from, let's say from 12 to one, I'm going to eat an uninterrupted lunch, not not a working lunch, sitting at my computer, catching up on emails, not a working lunch where I'm, oh, let me go throw a load of laundry in the walk. No, like an uninterrupted lunch where I'm not doing anything but eating and tasting my food. We, we've become conditioned to multitasking. We never are doing one thing at a time even if we're in the shower, we're, we're planning out our day in the shower. We don't even sit there and enjoy this like expensive hair product shampoo that we bought because, <laughs> or, or all of the millions of aromatherapy things that we buy for the shower to help us calm and relax. We don't even, we get no effect from them because we're constantly moving on to the next thing. And that is where we are. That's where we've been conditioned to be. And we've also been conditioned to believe that that is the right way and the best way to be in order to get things done. It's almost like we are made to feel shame or guilt for living and existing at a slower pace or allowing pockets of time in our day or in our lives where we don't have something booked or scheduled. Like one of my most popular notes that I've ever written, which totally came out of me being a rebel and being like, man, screw this. I'm not doing stuff all the time, right? It was simply like, you do not have to have something on your calendar to be unavailable. Rest is a perfectly good reason. And I remember writing that one day when I had kind of gotten shamed or like gotten a little bit of a attitude from someone because they like wanted me to go and hang out or to do something or go to maybe their kids like soccer game or something. And it was a Saturday and I had had a long week and I didn't want to do it. I was like, Point blank, I didn't want to do it. Did I have an excuse? Did I have something else planned or something else to do? No, I did not. My answer was simply, no, I'm I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm just hanging out at home today. And that was offensive to that person. Mm -hmm. Like, how dare you not have other plans and yet not come and be a part of what I've asked you to be a part of? And... That is also what adds to the guilt and the shame that we feel is that because other people have been become accustomed to that go, go, go all the time when we dare to make our own rules and take that time. It's like we're being rude or inconsiderate or unkind. And I, I don't I don't subscribe to that belief. Yeah, it's like other people get offended by our need or even just want to rest to to say you know what? No, because I'm just I'm just going to really do nothing today. It's like offensive and then I think like you're saying because we're getting that reaction from people, it's very easy to then start internalizing that reaction and being like, "Oh, well, is this bad? This is bad. Why, why am I doing this? I need to be keeping up. I need to be 
go, go, go until we get into this point where we're in a pressure cooker that is exploded. And I think, what do you think about this? As I'm listening to you talk. I think because this is just how society is, it's what we've been conditioned to believe forever. Now, as we entered into a pandemic that was very unknown, very anxiety inducing, added more on our plate. And like you said, there was less tools to figure out how to do it. It kind of just created this really perfect storm for us all to feel really overwhelmed because, because what do you do? I mean, it absolutely, you're right. It did create this storm because I think in the beginning, a lot of us were, um, so cute and naive to believe that this would be over in like a couple weeks. Six weeks, we had we had like, and okay, we're just gonna shut down for six weeks and everyone's at first like, okay, we're gonna chill, we're gonna, but then six weeks turned into uh, a, lot, year. a lot longer than that, right? And so our initial expectations were, oh, this is just gonna be like an extended spring break. And I'll, I'll get time off from work and I'll be able to spend time at home with my family. It's gonna be a slower pace of life. Like that thing that we had all been craving, we're like, oh, we can finally get it. But then as time goes on and maybe the the relaxed expectations that we originally had kind of wore off like even companies and things were like okay well you had a little break but now it's time to come back time to start performing again our companies are losing money we've got to get back into this routine so then the pressure starts to remount because the expectations are, are going back to normal, right? But our situations are not back normal. Yes. So you're expecting me now to still perform at the level for my company that I had been doing before, but I'm still stuck at home with these kids and I'm still having to do homeschool and they're asking me for snacks every five minutes. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm living in what has now become my new workspace. And a lot of people did not have workspaces at home, right? So you're trying to find this like one tidy corner in your house that your kids haven't destroyed, but to be on Zoom calls and they're in the background, like making a ruckus and your, your children's teachers have expectations of how they need to be in class, on Google Classrooms, all these things. And it was like, wait a minute, the expectations of me are the same, but my resources and my tools for being able to perform are not the same. They have not caught up to what is being asked of me. So it did create this perfect storm where what was being asked was far above and beyond what we've ever been asked to do and ever been capable of producing but then there's no support for that no one's talking about it no one's saying this is not okay you are dealing with a lot it's okay to be stressed how about as a company we offer you some mental health support for this how about as an organization we provide an outlet for you as a mom or as a wife or as you know a person in general who's dealing with an astronomical amount of overwhelm and so but then we see you know, resources and funding even for mental health support declining in a lot of states because, well, we've got to pull money from somewhere to make up for all these other deficits. And people really, really, really are having a hard time. Like the levels of anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and self-harming rates are, they're out of control right now. And not just for adults and what we're dealing with. I was a school counselor for 10 years before I transitioned over to working with adults. And those poor kids, I cannot imagine once this is over, how those kids are going to, how they're going to cope. What are they going to do? Because 
we don't, we don't know how to do this, but they for certain don't know how to do this. And many of them don't have the vocabulary to be able to express this weird nagging feeling that they have that they don't want to get out of bed or they don't want to do anything or they don't want to get on Google Classrooms. They don't know how to say, I'm feeling down and depressed. That may surface as, oh, you're just being lazy. You just don't want to go to school today. You just don't want to do this today. And so there's a lot, a lot, a lot of grace that needs to be given on both sides for adults as well as for children who are also dealing with an astronomical amount of stress and overwhelm. And I don't think that gets enough attention. It's more focused on adults, but what about these babies? What about them? That's that's such a good point. And for any of our parents who are listening or teachers or, or people who are working with kids, are there a few things that we can look for in our kids that we're like, oh my gosh, I need to, we need to take a pause and, and we need to help them through this thing. What are some of those things that we can all be looking for? Sure, um, absolutely. Like I said, I was a guidance counselor for 10 years in elementary school because I just always loved little ones. They just give you so much life. And I remember the convenience of having those students be able to just walk into my office at any time and be like, Miss Cade, I'm not, I'm not doing well today or I'm not feeling great. Um, or teachers having the ability to just refer students to me for, for help. But there are a lot of signs, right? And so they're going to look a little bit different virtually than they would in person. But a lot of things that you can look for are changes in behavior. So a, a student who maybe normally was very well-behaved, well-mannered, on top of things, any kind of drastic change where you see them not as engaged on, on Google Classrooms or whatever your school district uses for virtual learning. Um, if you see them maybe not speaking up or, or answering or being enthusiastic about class, not raising their hand to give a response. Um, a lot of times truancy is a huge sign of students feeling anxious or depressed where they just don't log into class. They just don't show up. If you're missing assignments from them, that's another part of it. So that's more from the teacher side of things. From a parent side, it is being open and willing to accept that your child may, their acting out may be a cry for help. So if you're getting a little bit more attitude from them lately, um, if you're having a hard time getting them up to get on virtual school in the mornings and they want to sleep more, they just want to isolate themselves more because, you know, before now, we, we had all these rules about only so much screen time a day, right, is healthy and anything more than that is unhealthy and it damages brain cells and all these different things. Well, now these kids are getting mixed messages because now they're being forced to be in front of screens all the time, which is a very isolated isolating in and of itself, them not having that social interaction with their peers. You may find them, even when they're not on Google Classrooms or in class, just kind of going in their rooms and being by themselves. Now, there are some children who need that regrouping time, right? Because if you've been on classrooms all the day, all day, sometimes you just don't wanna be bothered for a little bit, but always keeping that door open for conversation, right? How was school today? Which they hardly ever answer that question. Right. <laughs> but, but being a little bit more specific, like, okay, so, you know, what what did Miss So-and-so say about the, the assignment that you turned in? Or was, was your friend, and name the friend's name, was your friend on, 
Google Classrooms today? Did you see them? What did you guys discuss? Um, also, getting your kids out and about as much as possible. So I know in a lot of places, you're still quarantining. You're not really going into restaurants or stores or things that may not be safe. Um, something that Bean and I do a lot is go to the park. Like we are always going to the park or going to walking trails or different things like that kids being stuck inside so much and not getting vitamin D is a huge, huge contributor to depression, anxiety, mental health issues, mood disorders, things like that. So as much as you can, Bean is an in-person school now, but last year, whenever the pandemic first started, she was at home and I would incorporate like for her PE time, we would go outside and walk in the neighborhood or go and walk at the park. I would find things that she's interested in, like just because things are different doesn't mean that their interests may change or they're not interested in those same fun things they like to do. So if it means going on bike rides or riding with sidewalk chalk outside, whatever it is, find what it is and keep them involved in the conversation. Like this is no longer a time of parenting where we can just shake our finger and say, this is it, this is it, this is it, and you no longer have a say, right? We have got to work together as parents and children to get through this together. And so bringing them into the conversation of, okay, if you had 30 minutes free from school today, what would you want to do? Like, and, 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 coordinating your personal time. So like me coordinating my white space time with Bean's white space time to say, okay, well, we have this 30 minutes. Bean, what do you want to do? Sometimes she wants to go outside in the greenhouse and check on the plants or let's run and get a smoothie or an ice cream or something like so that they know that you are still listening and available and that they're still being seen and heard because when they stop feeling seen and heard is when that isolation really sets in and that's when those harming behaviors and and mindsets start to really sink in well and I think that that's something that I've noticed is these feelings that have become so new at least for me in the pandemic it's being at home with whoever's at home with you 24 seven, but because you're always together, you're not necessarily having that white space time where it's intentional and you're doing something and you're just always together. And so I think when you're just always together because you have to be, and so you're feeling together without being intentional with that time, a lot of loneliness can start seeping in. And then I would imagine for kids, it's, well, what is this feeling? Why do I feel this way when I'm still with, when I'm still with people, but I'm feeling very lonely. So the, so those, that advice that you just gave everyone is, is really powerful. And something that I needed to hear you say today that you said was the amount of pressure we're putting on ourselves. And then the depression, the anxiety, the amount of anxiety that we're under of, man, like, I don't even want to get out of bed today. I don't, this is, this is really hard. And I'm just, I'm really tired. And is there a way that we can reconcile within ourselves what the expectations are of us that are normal expectations that we need to be producing and achieving and, and reaching the same level under abnormal circumstances. How do we reconcile that within ourselves? How do we, like, how do we know that we are trying to do our best and that our best is going to look different and be okay with it looking different? Like, how do we do that? <laughs> Oh gosh, Ashley, that's, um, that is a million dollar question. I think it looks differently for everyone. So every day your best is going to look different, but every day your best is enough. And I think the way that we know that is by accepting and acknowledging that we are the subject matter experts on ourselves. 
Okay. That, can you say that like five more times for me? Just for me to. <laughs> we must, we must, we must accept and acknowledge that we are the subject matter experts on ourselves. I tell this to my clients all the time. Yes, I have been in this profession. I've been doing this for over 10 years, but I am not the subject matter expert on you, on your life, on your feelings or anything. I am merely an unbiased second or third party out here listening to what you are saying and helping you make the connections and facilitate those connections to help facilitate your healing. I do not know you the way that you know you. And so we have been taught for so long to distrust ourselves, right? Oh, I'm just being lazy. How about no, my body knows when it's tired and my body's letting me know that today I am tired and I need a little bit of extra rest. It's not, but we've constantly been in that space of like trusting doctors or other professionals to like validate for us when it's okay to rest, when we're actually feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling anxious, when being a new mom is too hard. No, you know, when things are hard for you, you know when you've reached your limit, but it's that thing inside of us that doesn't trust ourselves. It's always looking for external validation and external permission. Like we want someone to sign a permission slip and tell us it's okay for you to take a nap today. It's okay for you to move that appointment to another day because today you just need a minute. It's okay to tell your kid, no, honey, mom's not available for this 15 minutes for you because mom needs a minute by herself. We want people to make us feel okay for the things we already know we need. It's, it, it, it's like the most mind-blowing thing. If we would realize, like, I know very well when I've reached my limit. I know very well when I'm like getting to reach that limit before I get to it. But the mom in me, the wife in me, the professional in me, the counselor in me will, for whatever reason, ignore those signs, those natural God-given signs that are put inside of us to know and trust. I will ignore those because I don't want people to see me not being busy and think that I'm not invested enough in my job or I'm not invested enough in growing my brand. I'm not invested enough in, you know, in being, if she's not in five different after school activities, then I'm not being a good mom, whatever the case may be. So we already know what we need, but we ignore it until someone else tells us it's okay to be okay with it and then we're fine. So that's how it's difficult for us to reconcile it. We have to get to a place where we say, you know what? I am the subject matter expert on my life. I can trust my body, my mind, my spirit when I am starting to feel uneasy, unsettled, that is a sign and in my body's innate ability to tell me what I need and what I don't need, quite frankly, right? It, it, our bodies tell us plenty of times, like you don't need to take on that extra task. You don't need to take on that extra responsibility. You don't need to take on that person's personal stuff. Yeah, you can be concerned about them, but you don't have to internalize everything that's going on with them in order to be a good friend or a good sister or a good auntie or a good fill in the blank. We have to get to a place and it's a perfect kind of circle moment, right? Of we have to get to a place where we accept and realize I am doing the best I can 
I am. And even though as I'm a, I'm a traumatic brain injury survivor, and a lot of the things that I've learned have come through that experience, there were days when the best I could do was get out of bed, get being dressed, get her to school, come back home and get back in bed. Some days that was my best. Did it feel crappy for a while to have to accept that that was the best that I could do? Of course it did. I'm a young mom, I'm a young wife. I was used to doing everything, being everything. And then I couldn't, but I had to accept that. And then some days my best was I could get out of bed, take her to school, go to Target, go to the grocery store and come back home. And that was my best that day. But every day I know that I gave what I had to give. And that's where we have to be. We have to get to that space of resting in and being confident in today I was enough. Today I am enough. Every single day I put forth my effort and I do the best that I can and I give the best that I can. That is enough. Not every day that I give over and above what I have to give and wear myself out and then I'm running on fumes and then I'm irritable and angry with everyone in the world. That's different. That's burnout. We have to stop a little bit before we get to that place and say, I gave everything that I could. I gave from what I had today, but I'm not going to continue to give to the place where it depletes me because you can never give from a deficit. You can't give what you don't have to give. I feel like I just went from interviewing you for my podcast to sitting in the exact therapy session that I needed today. (laughs) I'm, I'm so serious right now. Oh my gosh, you guys, if if you are like me and you are one of the people listening who needed someone else to validate that you're doing your best and that it's okay to pause and and like you need that permission slip from someone, Faith just gave it to all of us. <laughs> so let's start, if, if that's what you need to get started on this path with reframing these thoughts and, and feeling okay with resting, Faith just gave you the most empowering permission slip to do that. And what you said about we are the experts on our lives. We know and 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 we do. I do. I seek validation of, well, is my um, I do EMDR therapy is, my, is if I tell this to my therapist, will she validate like that? I'm feeling this way. Is it OK or am I just am I doing something wrong? Am I feeling Am I feeling wrong? You know, like, am I choosing the wrong feelings? And and then we just beat ourselves up over it. And something that I think plays really, really significantly into this is the role of social media in our lives because we can get on and we see, well, Susie down the street is doing this, this, and this. So then I should be doing that too. I must be doing something wrong because she seems fine. Like she seems, she's, she's, she's killing it. She's made her lunch for her kids. You should see their homeschool set up. She's got this promotion at work. So why can she do that? But I'm feeling this way. And so then that even creates this deeper divide within ourselves because we start comparing to a reality that we're seeing online that normally isn't even the full scope of things. And so we start comparing our worst to other people's bests. Mm-hmm. And it just makes that pressure feel even deeper. It makes it even heavier. And it also, um, it distorts reality for yes. all of us. And so many of us are competing against these this false sense of perfection that does not even exist. It's almost like, you know, when people say, um, it's so funny sometimes when like celebrities will say, 
well, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. That's a lie. We do not. If you have a housekeeper and a cook <laughs> and a dietitian who plans your meals and a personal trainer and, and, and a live-in help who goes and runs your kids around, we do not yes. have the same 24 wow. hours in a day. And it's the same. it can be the same for, you know, the person who lives down the street that you're comparing yourself to, whatever, you know, I got to a place where I really had to get a clue about that very early on as a new mom. Bean was a newborn and I was constantly, constantly feeling like, well, all of my other friends who've just had babies, you know, seem to be fine. They've lost all their baby weight really quickly. Mm -hmm. Their house is always put together. Their marriages seem to be completely intact. They still get to go on date nights. They get to like all these things, right? And here I am just trying to like puree beans, vegetables for her homemade baby food. And that's like my one claim to fame. Like I'm trying to remember to feed my child right now. Now, Like that's the one thing I did today, but I had to realize that their situation and my situation was not the same. Most of my friends were in Atlanta, are from Atlanta. Their families live in Atlanta. So grandparents are chomping at the bit to get that baby, right? Like, bring the baby. I'll take the baby. Stopping over, bringing meals, stopping over, washing dishes and doing baby laundry and all these things. Whereas my family's in Louisiana. So, and and my husband's parents are here in Atlanta, but they work full time. They are not retired grandparents just chomping at the bit to hold babies all day. Right. So it really was we got to a place where we realized our situations are not the same. It's just us with this baby. We don't get a break. We don't have people out here willing and wanting to take this baby for us. We don't have anyone dropping off meals. We don't have anyone. So it 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 really helped me at that point to put into perspective that no matter what you see from the outside of what other people are doing, you have no idea what everybody is differing levels of support. And support in these situations is, is really a huge part of the equation. Yes. That's, that's, that's actually a point I haven't thought of before of what, what is the support for someone looking like? And those deferring levels are, are going to impact how we each are individually feeling about the tasks that we have to carry out. So this has been, I mean, this is like, I needed to wake up this Monday morning and have this conversation with you. And so I'm just so excited that everyone else listening right now is hearing this too. I would love to leave with when we are in these moments, when we are really overwhelmed, when we, when we're tired, when, when we just, when we're just trying to, to keep performing, to measure up to some unknown level of whatever thing we feel like we have to get to, is there one thing that you suggest to people to do to kind of get back into you know their heart their head to, to really like we know we just learned we're th- we are our biggest experts in our lives and we need to trust that so is there something that we can do when we are starting to spiral that can h- help invite us back into that space where we're like it is okay that today this is my best mm, absolutely um <clears throat> Honestly, what I always I always answer that question the same way is return to your breath. Return to your breath. Yes. And 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 go back home. Go back home. So many of us from at a very young age we knew 
what we needed. We knew what we enjoyed. Our hobbies were established, our passions, um, the things that we loved in life, whether we like to be outside climbing trees or getting dirty in the mud. Um, maybe we were bookworms. We liked to just be sitting somewhere in a corner reading a book. As children, because we're not jaded yet, right? We, we are so pure and we are, we are really able to kind of hone in naturally on what brings us pleasure and that uninhibited joy, not happiness that, that is kind of like we have to have something happening in order to be happy, but that, that natural unbridled joy, most of us discovered that at a young age. And that is what I call our home base. That's your home base, right? That place inside that you can close your eyes and return to your breath and take some deep breaths and really become present and mindful in the space that you are in. And imagine, I used to tell my students all the time in elementary school, like, let's play a game. Let's pretend that if you had a magic wand and you could go wherever and do whatever you wanted to do and be wherever you wanted to be in this moment, where would you use your magic wand to take you? And that is how we recenter ourselves. It might sound kind of kooky and it might sound kind of juvenile, but really we've got to return to the natural state of who we are, to the truth of who we are. I, when I was younger, I loved reading, but I also loved being outside. I grew up in a small town in Louisiana on the bayou. We had tons of great food, but we had tons of great scenery and magnolia trees in our front yard and pecan trees in our front yard. And I distinctly remember loving to go outside and picking those magnolias and gathering them up and just smelling them and getting, that was well before I had allergies, but like just smelling <laughs> them and getting all of that fragrance into my nose and then sitting underneath the pecan trees and picking them and grabbing two and squeezing them together and cracking them and eating fresh pecans in the front yard. Like, we didn't have fancy toys. We didn't have a whole lot of anything, but I remember that. But then as you get older and you go to college and grad school and you have to get a professional job and you have to dress up for work every day and you have to put on and be on and wear concealer and all of these things, right? You kind of lose touch. I kind of lost touch with the fact that like, I know if I'm stuck in this house in front of this computer all day, I know that if I take a break and do nothing but walk down my driveway to our mailbox and take a lengthy walk to the mailbox, by the time I get back to my house, I feel 10 times better just getting that fresh air. Or sometimes I move my computer in my home office outside to our back screened in porch. And so I'm able to hear birds chirping and I'm able to get fresh air and I'm able to see my plants out there in our wooded backyard and the deer running across the creek and all of these things like I'm able to recenter myself and remember, I love being outside. I absolutely love it. And I'm able to breathe and, 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 and use all of my five senses to recenter myself where I am. And I that's my suggestion. It's it's a powerful suggestion returning home, allowing ourselves to do that, inviting ourselves to do that, giving ourselves permission to do that. Thank you Faith so much for the space that you hold for all of us to feel more normal in very abnormal circumstances and I know that everything you've said today is going to help a lot of people. And I want to make sure that you guys go and find Faith where you can find her every single day. <laughs> so where can everyone come and find you to connect with you? 
Of course. So like you said, every day, and there are some days when I'm delinquent, but pretty much every day I am on Instagram. I usually make some kind of encouraging or affirming post every day. And my Instagram handle is at Fleur de Lis Speaks. So it's F-L-E-U-R-D-E-L-I-S-S-P-E-A-K-S. And this will be in the show notes also. So you can go down to the show notes and, and click that and, and go find her there as well. And then also my website, um, which I have been very delinquent on blog posts. I also write a blog, but I have started a post last week and I plan to finish it this week. So if you go ahead to my website, which is www.flirtallyspeaks.com and you subscribe to my website or subscribe to get updates, then you will be one of the first people to get my new blog post that I finally post this week. Now I'm feeling super accountable to do it. But but that's good pressure. It's good pressure. It's okay. We are only giving you good, supportive pressure today. Nothing, nothing crazy. So yeah, you can find me there and I have a blog there. I also have a little shop there where I sell both of my guided journals. One is called Because You Are Worthy. And then another one is Because You Have Purpose. And those are both for sale as well as tons of like just merch. Like a lot of my quotes are on t-shirts and things like that. And also wall art. So, you know, like those printed canvas quotes, you can purchase those as well with my quotes on them. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Feel free to send me a message on my website or something. I try to always check and respond. I'm also in the market for an assistant because the messages and DMs and things are getting mm. super overwhelming. And so I, I, I need to find someone to help me sort through all that. But in the meantime, it's just me. I'm a team of one. So if you send me a message and it takes me a little bit to get back to you, just know, you know, it's my head and not my heart. And I promise to get back to you as soon as I can. And we are not putting pressure on you to get back to us ASAP. <laughs> Faith, you are a, bre- a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone who's joined us today. We are, we're rooting for you. Go invite yourself to return home today. It would be actually really cool. Come, come tell Faith and I, on Instagram, that thing that you're gonna go choose to do today, maybe that you haven't done for a while. We love you and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks guys. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I Am Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley K. Lemieux so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.